is Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. All right, everybody, this is Drink of Ages radio show. I'm John Denman, your host, DJ Muskratch, the producer. Hope everybody's having a good night tonight. We are over at Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive. Like we are pretty much every week, drinking good beers, hanging out with some good people. And on this week's show, from our friends uh, just east of us in Broussard, Louisiana, we have from Paris Brewing Company, Andrew Godley and Matt Knocking. I got you, man. I, 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 now, now, as the show goes on, I'm going to call you all kind of things. That's fine. But it, it, usually the first segment, I get the names right. And uh, I was just, but the thing I was just is, helping you out, John. So, knocking uh, and as people are listening, it's N A Q U I N. Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense now that you said it. But right. That's not exactly how I pronounced it the first time, especially when people are going, "Hey, who's coming on the show tonight?" I'm like, "Oh, Andrew and Matt." Yeah, yeah, Andrew Golly and uh, Matt. I'm not even gonna say it because you'll just you'll just get mad at me. I, just, I I usually just say it for people and spell it for them. Yeah, that's the best way. Got to do it. So, first off, uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to Houston. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. We're glad to be here. Very excited for you guys to be here. You have done a ridiculous amount of events this week, bounced around all the like some pretty phenomenal bars, uh, some of my favorite places, and you know it, it's weird. People are super excited to have you guys here in Houston. People are fired up about really ghosting the machine, uh, primarily. You know they've been smuggling it back across the border. Quite for, a bit, yes. We yeah, know. a couple of years, li- illegally, but it's uh, it's 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 illegal. Isn't I, it? I yeah, believe we don't it have is. To talk yeah. about it. We don't have to talk about it. Well, I think, plenty of people do it. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, you're you're not legally supposed to transport beer. It's like the old Dukes of Hazard days. Yeah, you know, you're bootlegging or whatever it is across across state lines. It's hipster. It's it's more dramatic <laughs> if we it's more dramatic if we describe it that way. Whether that's actually illegal or not, so let the audience believe it's illegal. Yes, our beer was smuggled across state lines for years, and now it's finally here legally. Yeah. That, that should get everybody excited right that? there. That yeah. creates a better story. Yeah. Well, then you'll still have people smuggle it just for fun because you know, there's just a hard-minded criminals out there that will not change their ways. You know, they're like, nope, I'm still going to smuggle this beer. We like them, too. We're cool yeah. with them, too. Uh, Houston's only three and a half hours from the brewery. It's relatively close. I mean, our biggest market besides Houston that we sell beer in is New Orleans, which is two and a half hours from the brewery. So, I mean, Houston's... We, we consider Houston like a core, almost local market for our brewery uh, that we're servicing. You come to the brewery on a Saturday, and half of the cars in the parking lot are from Texas. I probably know half the people that are there. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. 
I mean, we've had our, our people that, uh, uh, I don't know how many kegs we've had here. Uh, we can't sell it because, again, that's illegal. But, um, but yeah, we do keg shares here. We have a mug club. Oh, is that and so we've had on on several times. I go by, pick up a keg, bring it back, put it on as free beer until it's gone. It lasts about 15 minutes. So right. It doesn't last long at all. So, yeah, we've, uh, uh, we've made that trip quite a bit. To, to perish. I mean, it's not a bad drive, anyways. I've seen and, you there a few times. Yeah, and you know, you get it on the way. You stop by Golden Nugget, win a couple extra grand. So when you go to the brewery, you can buy more beer to bring back. I mean, it's the way it, way it happens every time. Is that right? how you do it? <laughs> Nobody wins money at the Nobody Golden Nugget. Nobody wins money. At I've the seen Golden the Golden Nugget. Nugget. They're not losing money. Now uh, that golf course is taking a lot of people's money. The, the uh, casino is taking a lot casino. of people's money. Yeah. So it's indeed, but you guys uh, let's talk about Parish Brewery for just a little bit, a little history. And how long have you guys been open? Uh, we sold. I sold the first beer in 2010, and uh, started the brewery. You know, as a company in like 2008, uh, as you know, started building things and ex- business expensing stuff. You know. Uh, pilot batches and uh, building uh, a small brew house out of stainless steel drums uh, that I found on Craigslist in North Carolina. As a matter of fact, stainless steel drums are hard to find, but I found some in uh, North Carolina. Went and drove up there and bought them. They were like 140 bucks a piece. Cut them, welded them. What What were they before? Because they were that it was, was a pharmaceutical company. Okay. They were using them for storing, like you know. Uh, chemicals and they, if, uh, you know, they they needed something that wouldn't impart. I mean, a regular drum will rust, right? You know, so they needed to keep it uh, impervious to contaminants. So stainless is great for that. So I, I would cut those drums up and make them. In, I made them into a brewery. And I was making uh, 50 gallons of beer at a time uh, every weekend. Uh, waking up at 4 a.m., go deliver beer from the brewery. It was a nano brewery, right? Smaller than a micro, nano, micro. And then delivering it to our distributor in Lafayette, Louisiana, 20 kegs at a time. One pallet. One pallet of kegs at a time every week. Go to my day job as an engineer, come back in the evenings, clean kegs, clean tanks, brew beer every Saturday and Sunday, rinse, wash, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat every week, just nonstop for two and a half years. And then uh, finally, I was able to buy bigger tanks. We built a 30-barrel brew house, bigger building, hired two people. Still, at that point, it had been two and a half years. I didn't take a paycheck, didn't pay myself anything. Uh, It was three years of Parrish Brewing Company selling beers before I took the first paycheck from Parrish. Uh, At that point, we had like five. Did you cash that check? Oh yeah, my, my my wife was very happy at that point, you know. There was a transition period. I was an engineer for that two and a half years. There was about six months where I could see I could pay myself really at any time, but I didn't need to. You know, we were okay. My wife was an attorney. I had some savings still that we were working off of, and I I didn't have to pay myself for that final six months. And I used that money to invest in more stuff. You know, I mean, ten grand in a startup brewery is a lot of money. It's kegs. It's, you know, the start of hiring a new employee to do something and start to leverage and build and build and build. Um, and that's how we took off 2010. So that's 2013. We're actually 
like a legitimate brewery at that point. 2014, we start making Ghost in the Machine, and then it takes off from there. Yeah. I remember it was about four years ago this spring was the first time I tasted Ghost. And we were doing this backyard games. It was before Back Pew opened up a brewery up in north north of here. And they have I don't know, 14 acres there. So we set up backyard games, just beer games, just drunken fun times, all different stuff. And a buddy of mine, he had gone to, to the brewery, came back, he goes, man, I just brought back the best IPA you'll ever drink. And I was like, hey, I've heard this before. Yeah, I just hear it all the time. Like, oh, it's the best beer you'll ever drink in your life. And cracked it open, and I drank one of them. It's like, hot damn. This really might be the best beer. Was this beer. the bomber, the 750? Uh, or was it in 12-ounce bottle? It was a 12-ounce. It was 12-ounce bottle. Yeah. How long ago was that? It was, that was, it was late 2014. We started doing it maybe yeah. 2015. And yeah, I guess it's 2019 now, so it probably was 2015. Years, years don't even make sense to me anymore. Like trying to figure out when, what, how things happen. The Saints won the Super Bowl in 2009. Seems like yesterday, right? It was the 2009 season, 2010 <laughs> January. Is that, is that when you, uh, you like, like for me, I go back to like the Rockets winning the 93, yeah. 94 championship. It's like, and it's like, was it pre that or post that? That's like BC, AD. That's like when Jesus was born for me. It's when the Saints won the Super Bowl. That's basically my, that's my zero yeah. for well, years. The bad part is uh, when I go back to the Rockets championship, the pre is a lot shorter than the post. <laughs> so now it's just like, man, it's been how many years? Since they won a championship, who was on the rock? Was it, was it uh, uh, Olajuwon, uh, Hakeem the Dream, yeah. and yeah, Olajuwon, uh The first that was year, in the 90s. Mario Ellie, uh, Kenny Smith, Pete Chilcut, he was out there. Vernon Maxwell, yep. Y'all are old. I don't know. I just remember. I, uh, yeah, it was it was good times back then. And during the what was the the first championship or the second championship is when O.J. Simpson when they were chasing him in the in the Bronco and they went split screen on the TV. So it was like the Rockets championship game and O.J. Simpson. Wow. And it was like just must man. see TV. Must see. <laughs> that was technology before its time. You got to watch a split two screen TV. Exciting things going on at the same time. It was almost like whenever you can get a phone call and you could click over. <laughs> right. Back in the day. Yeah, that was exciting back then. And if you do it just right, you can have both people on the same line. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Yeah, I'm young. I remember young pic people, picture man. in picture was a big deal on the TVs, but nobody could ever make it work. No. No, nobody. Uh, I don't know, ever remember using picture in picture. I got picture in picture. Okay, doesn't work. Doesn't work. And NFL Game Pass. Yeah, NFL that's what game. you have now. Red Zone. Yeah, Red Zone. Red Zone is one of the best channels that's ever been created. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's take a quick break. Andrew, you're out of beer. So when we get back, we'll talk more at Paris Brewing Company. This is Drink of Ages. We'll be right back. Spindle Tap is killing it with their IPAs. Heavy Hands, Justin, Houston Hayes, Draped Up, all have been phenomenal brews. With all the tasty releases, man, don't forget about Hop Gusher. This has been one of my favorite go-to beers for a while now. 6.5%, nicely balanced with a blast of hoppy aroma. The citrus taste and slight bitterness makes this a crowd pleaser. Grab some Hop Gusher and make this a regular in your beer fridge. If you are a fan of good beer, then come by Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive in Montrose. 
We have over 200 beers with 32 specialty rotating taps of badass beers, cider, kombucha, and cold-brewed nitro coffee. Take a 32-ounce growler or build a mixed six-pack to go. You can even bring your own growlers in, and we will fill them. Drink of Ages Pub, badass beer for here, badass beer to go.
Alright, we are back. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show here over at Drink of Ages Pub. You know what makes sense? DJ Muskrat hanging out. I'm John Didman. And uh, we're hanging out with Parish Brewing Company, Andrew Godley, and Matt Knockin. Sitting here drinking some pints. Drink of Ages. Drink of Ages. DJ Muskrat, man, we were talking about earlier, is spinning, spinning some beautiful music over there. He's got great taste. He like has it. a record collection that's absolutely unbelievable. And he is for hire. So if anybody's looking for a DJ to come, spend some amazing music. Well, it, it, for me, like I'm, uh, so I'm 38. So I came of my musical age in the late 90s. And I got really into progressive hip hop. What we all did, Specifically yeah. West Coast progressive hip hop. And there's a whole group of artists that came out of that area over about a, like a five or six year span and they all kind of intertwined with one another and did like little side projects and stuff some of them were older like Dell the Homo Sapien was like a an artist that came out of the 80s and he got involved with a group the Hieroglyphics and then they did stuff all the way into the late 90s and you know you had Jurassic 5 that kind of spawned out of LA I think in Oakland you had like the Hieroglyphics and like Quantum, Blackalicious Latif, the truth speaker, you know, and he was These playing are names so, I haven't heard in he, a long this time. This is kind of it's kind of like underground hip hop. Yes, and I had dreadlocks. <laughs> did, oh, did, did you really? <laughs> but, right now, but I was I was uh, I did not look as cracker back then, and uh, I was big into the the underground uh, hip hop man, smoking, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so did you ever uh, all pre-craft beer? Did you ever write your own music? Oh, you know? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. Made your own beats. And I all did. That. I had a couple songs that they played on the local. Uh, no, no, you did. I did too. No, you didn't. You just don't even know. No, you. I'll didn't. play it for you when we get. I, I, I think we need to. We need to insert those in the next segment. Yes, you need to know? be in between segments. In between segments. I'll send you something. Yeah, it's a, it's it's all electronic beats. I used to make beats, basically. They were good, and I, I had some wait. of them. They played on the local radio station. So, as, uh, but I never really took it further so, where it was like right. full fledged so music that was so you know, performable right that people would come and see. And this is when you were in Pennsylvania. No, it was before. This is in college. This is in college, yeah. Baton Rouge. Yeah, LSU. All right, so we went to LSU. So now, what you're saying is, he he went to school for chemical engineering, so he, he got his degree in chemical engineering, obviously. But that, was, that, that was his backup plan. But wait, that could have been his initial plan. That it could have wasn't. went the way this, you know, we, yes. we might not be sitting here today if he would have become no, you know a what, producer. You know what happened? You know what happened? W- women, women don't like dreadlocks. <laughs> Certain women do. Certain women Certain, like ones, dreadlocks on, not the on ones white guys. Like. Not the ones he likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, man, yeah. You know, it's like I'm going to go to college and be a, be a hip-hop rapper right. or a chemical engineer. We'll see how it works that's out. That's basically what happened. I kinda, And then screw all that, but and I'm going to start making beer. Every, yeah. every, I feel like most people go through that in their early 20s when they're trying to figure out, okay, where do I launch to? What do I do with my life? Where You don't have to have it all figured out, but at least at that point you got to pick a direction and kind of go. And and it was uh, I wanted to make a little bit of money, and chemical engineering was right in front of me. I was kind of halfway through it. And I'd done the music thing around bars and played with some people, done a bunch of recording. I mean, we're sitting in here with a bunch of recording equipment right now. This is what we we were doing this with synthesizers and guitars with microphones up next to the guitars making sounds and 
recording multi-track, editing software. A lot of smoke stuff. in the room. Yeah, a lot of smoke in the room. Yeah. From incense. No, but but no, but no women. Unfortunately, it was just. It was I didn't have a girlfriend. It was like a two-year period. I dreadlocks. dreadlocks I did, not man. A, did not have a girlfriend. Well, the whole time. you know, Even despite my efforts. It's not like there's a lack of women at LSU for one. <laughs> so you're bad. Yeah, that's definitely you know after two years you probably did want to change your course a little bit, and then you started focusing back again on chemical engineering. Which I mean, being a brewer, owning a brewery. Making beer, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, it is a lot of science behind that, a lot of engineering. It's been very helpful. I, I never would have thought in a million years back then that I would have used it to make beer. But brewing beer is 100% chemical manufacturing. It is, it is the same thing as distilling gasoline, it's just way more delicious. It's the exact same thing as any Damn, kind of chemical write processing. Down. Write that down. <laughs> That's good. That should go along. That should be on a T-shirt. Yes, <laughs> it's just it's just like the oil field, way more delicious. That's right. But uh, uh, we it, it was uh, we probably would not be success as successful as we are today if we didn't have good manufacturing prowess. I guess is a good word for it. The ability to you know control what we're doing. I mean, make it's one thing to to like love beer. It's another thing to try and make beer in your home or even on a small scale, but it's a whole nother matter to make batch after batch after batch thousands of times and it be perfectly awesome and incredible every single time. Especially when you're dealing with uh, the ingredients that you are, when you can go to the grocery store, buy two tomatoes and one tastes completely different than the other one. Same thing goes with hops, same thing goes with grain. So that I mean yeast, water. I mean, there's so much stuff to, that's involved, but to get it dialed in. We see hop hop fields. When we go select hops, we choose it by the field. So we'll go to the same farm. One field will be garbage. The next one, right next to it, will be the best, you know, hop selection we've ever had of that varietal. And it's it all has to do with like the amount of water, the amount of carbon monoxide from the cars that drive by it, the amount of uh, wind, the, of sunlight, the it gets. sunlight it gets, like it. You know, it, it, it all varies. It's an agricultural product. That's a, one of the secrets that we are very proud of in uh, how, you know, why our hoppy beers are really good. Like Ghost in the Machine is so well regarded. One of the big secrets with Ghost is how we arrive at the hops that we get. We get the best hops. But there's 7,000 breweries in the U.S. now. Most of them just call up a supplier and like, hey, I'd like some Mosaic hops or Simcoe hops or Citra hops or whatever. Oh, how much did you like? Oh, I need a thousand pounds. They send them a thousand pounds of hops. They use them. Boom, done. They make a beer with it, and it's okay. We go to the farms, and we're very particular about what we like and what we want. And it's taken years of developing those relationships with those hop farmers. You know, it takes three years to grow hops. So you have to when they plant. If you go to a hop farmer, you say, "Hey, I'd like to buy you know ten thousand pounds of hops for me." They say, "Well, hold on there, buddy." We don't have 10,000 pounds of hops for you, but we can plant some stuff if you sign this piece of paper here and guarantee that you will, it's called a hop contract, hop contract. They'll buy, they'll, you promise that you'll buy it from them in three years when those hops are mature. When, when we went up there for hop selection, I rode up with Garrison from Spindletap, and it was amazing. We were doing, Citra was one of them, and it was amazing 
the four citrus that we had, and we asked for a couple more, how different each one of them were. Oh, yeah. And so that's why when you're saying like, like breweries that are just out there in the market trying to buy a 1,000 pounds here or 500 pounds there, the beer's never going to be consistent. And usually they're getting the dregs, they're getting the rejects. Here, here's why. This is kind of interesting. I don't know if the audience really cares about this or not, but I, I think it's remarkably fascinating. The reason why most of the variation in hops is due to uh, when they're harvested, the timing. So hops become ripe, and as they ripen, they develop all the oils. It's just like a fruit. You know, you see a fruit like a banana. It's green, right? And then all of a sudden, it starts to turn yellow, and you can smell or taste the oils in the banana when it when it's becoming ripe. At some point, it's perfect. You know, it goes from being that green kind of vegetal taste, unripened, to having those beautiful. It's the chemical is called isoamyl acetate. The the banana oil. It's an essential oil of banana, I guess. It's called isoamyl acetate. It's a banana aroma. At some point, it develops that in its ripening process, and when it's got the peak amount of that chemical, and it's yellow, it's beautiful, you harvest it or you eat it off your shelf, right? The hops are the same way. The hops ripen, all the oils develop, and within a period of like two days or three days, the hops are at like their peak, and the oils are at their peak, and the ideal concentration of those oils or comp combination of those oils is at their peak. But they can't harvest all the hops in those three days. They have to start harvesting them before it's ideally ripe, and they continue harvesting after it's ideally ripe, overripe. So there's only a portion of the hops that they harvest that are perfectly ripe. And that's when you sign the hop contract. That ensures that you're getting that's right. the... Everybody else gets the crappy hops. We get the ripe hops. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, if you're making as much beer as you guys are now, especially so much hop-forward beers, and I mean, Ghost, I can't even imagine how many pounds per barrel is in Ghost in the Machine, you want it to taste the same every single time. Yep. So you have to have those contracts, and you have to be getting the same product. Yeah, I mean, a 120-barrel tank of Ghost, you're looking at, what, almost 400 pounds of dry hop? Oh, I can't even really... 400 pounds of citrus, pretty much? <laughs> Can it's, I dry up? It's uh, I can't even remember the exact. It might dry be over. Anymore. It might be over 400. It's like 437, maybe. Cellar boys can check me on that. But yeah, it's, it's like uh, we're we're, we're we're continually increasing the amount of hops that we add in beer. Yeah. Uh, and it's been I don't actually dry hop the beers anymore. So it's usually we sit around and we talk about it. We have a good team of people, and we we think y'all ready to put some more? Yeah, let's put some more in it. And so the recipe changes. Even this year, Ghost has probably changed two or three times. Yeah. Just in the last last 12 months. We get beat up over inconsistencies, no. and here he is admitting to it. Cha changed up for the better. We changed, just Yeah, well, changing it for a reason is one thing. Right. It's usually increasing the... It's usually either increasing the dry hop or the late hop additions or something that's trying to increase aroma and reducing bitterness and reducing things that we don't like in the beer like astringency or whatnot in our meetings we'll be like all right it's time that it's time to dry hop this tank of ghost or whatever it was maybe the last thing was atticus so uh 10 boxes or did you want to go like 14 <laughs> we'll go 
We'll go 12 on this one. We'll 12. go 12 on this one. Yeah, we'll but it's always, we always, we always ratchet it up. We always bump it every time. So. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's like once, a, once people are like, all right, yeah, the beer is good, just the way the market is right now, that people get used to the beer. And so it's like, oh, you know what? We're going to double dry hop it now. And I'll send it's a whole new beer for everybody. Yeah, everybody, uh, you, look, the brewers and the beers that haven't evolved, let's call it, let's not call it like changing recipes, let's call it evolution, you know. Uh, the, beer, the beers and the brewer, brewers that haven't evolved are dying and they're dead. <laughs> and we're, I mean, we're trying to win it, and we want our beers to be the best. And Ghost in the Machine four years ago was awesome back then. But if we left it the same and didn't touch it, it may not be the best today. That's a good point. But yeah. uh, we're not afraid to continually evolve a beer to keep it the best. You yeah. know? Well, let's uh, get some more beers, take another quick break. We'll get back. We'll talk more with Paris Brewing Company. It says Drink of Ages on ESPN. We'll be right back. Whether a startup brewery or distillery or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cash Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cash Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts, and caps. Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple supplies for your branded merchandise keep it local like we do let the badasses at cash branding the official merchandise sponsor of drink of ages kick your branded merchandise and apparel up a notch give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out cashbranding.com Probably in, cause I am the ancient teacher. 
back hope everybody's having a good night being safe out there drinking good beer like we're drinking good beer drinking beta's pub this is drinking beta's radio show uh drinking pints of on v which is pretty exciting it's uh, uh muskrats is over here trying to pass around he, he's, he's got barn, the cash right nuts. now but it's when he breaks out the, he's, he's trying to put his nuts in my mouth hey, he's trying to put his nuts, nuts. He, he constantly does man no no bro uh, not into that he's handing out bar nuts and uh, no, he when he breaks out the uh, the the pretzels with the peanut butter in it, that's when oh that's when things the get peanut bad. butter filled. Yeah. yeah, I buy those. I buy those. They're addicting. Yep. They are really good. But we are hanging out with Paris Brewing Company on this week's show, and uh, Andrew Godley and Matt Knocking hanging out, killing it. I know you are man. killing it. You are killing it. it. It's, it's he says it quick to kind of like get yeah, through it. That's right. Matt, that's the way. That's how you gotta do it. Just say it like that. Sounds right. Yeah, there's been there's been a few as the show goes on. I've listened to it, and by the end of the show, I've absolutely butchered people's names. And it's, but it has nothing to do with the beer we're drinking. It just it really does have to do with C- the beer Cajun we're Cajun pronunciations of of everything is challenging. Oh, somebody somebody told me something today. Oh, I talked to a guy that knows somebody that works at your brewery. His name's uh, Dave Hebert. What do you think of if somebody tells you Hebert? Well, It's Hebert. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a bear. It's a bear. Hey, get the fucking burger. All right. I will. He Hebert Hebert spelled H I E B E R T. Yeah, but H E B E R T is just H E. H E B E R T. No, I know. And, a, I grew up with a guy with the last name Hebert, and it was H I E. Well, he was he was confused because it was probably He Bear. No, there there's a there's been a few shows that actually write the pronunciation down so that I, I see that. But that so means you just you drink too much. So <laughs> we can we can talk about on V real quick. Yes, let's talk about so on V. Everybody butchers on V. Yeah. So segue. Envy. Well, it, they say envy because it's spelled E N V I E. Envy, but it's pronounced envy. It's a Cajun Cajun French word for a craving, as in I have an envy for hops. I have I got, an envy for crawfish. Yeah, I, I got a hankering. I have an envy for a Saints black and gold Super Bowl. <laughs> Who that? I have an envy for some envy. That's what I put on Facebook. That's right. Like, yeah, I got schooled, same thing, probably two years ago, I think. And I said, yeah, we're going to go get, go grab a keg of, of Envy. And this, this lady that was here, she's like, it's not how you say it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you're probably right. How do you say it? She goes, it's Envy. And then she explained to me exactly what that meant. And she goes, everybody in Houston is going to be sitting there saying Envy. And we don't care. Nah. It's fine. I don't even correct it. people. No, we don't correct people anymore. Nope. Since, yep. we're, since we're talking about it, we'll talk about it. But this is the last we shall speak of this. Yes. <laughs> you say it how you wish. Drink it, though. Well, I mean, it's an IE, not a Y. Drink we, it if you like it. We've been facing this. We've been dealing with this for... We started selling on V in, like, 2012. You know, and it's this is... We will never win the battle. Well, at least they get the name of the brewery right. There's so many breweries that, that people come in and they just butcher the name of the brewery. Yeah. Uh, uh, or they call them. Or they call them by one of their most popular beer names. One of their beers. Yes. I, hey, that can happens. I get uh, that Yellow Rose Brewery? No, it's we like, we work we work for Canebreak. Yeah, we Canebreak. Yeah. Oh, y'all work at Canebreak. Yeah. <laughs> y'all work, work. Y'all y'all work down at Canebreak. Yeah. yeah. We get that a lot, actually. Well, uh, let's talk about Cane Break for a minute. That is that still the most selling beer that you guys yeah. make? Cane Break is about it's still fifty percent more than Ghost in in terms of our overall sales volume. Even since we started doing Ghost Year yeah, Round, yeah. Even since Ghost Year Round, it's uh, we sell an unbelievable amount of Cane Break in New Orleans, and and we sell you know suburban Louisiana. Uh, bottles are strong. I mean, every grocery store, it, there's a lot of people that just pick it up. It's their beer. You know, it's their, they, it's got a unique profile. It's a wheat beer. There's not a lot of them like that. It's, uh, it's, it's not strong. It's not an IPA. It's not light. It's just kind of middle of the road. People switched from Blue Moon to it, and they want a local middle of the road easy beer that they could drink every day and that's what they pick up was that one of the first beers that the, you, the first you beer. had that was the first beer it was the very first beer i brewed very first beer we sold yeah and, and you know going back going back to which is you know, to what the popularity of cane break and, and how much we sell of it we do sell a lot of it it was i mean we're south louisiana right oil field oil and gas roughnecks mm. they drank bud light they love Bud Light. Cane Break was, and it, 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 was, it also had a lot to do with the timing. You know, there was a Beta and a couple other breweries around, but that was about it. And these guys kind of 
just took this local weed ale on. They, as, you no, know, they geeked out about it. They, they, they definitely they, did. But. They were literally bars and restaurants were on social, just like today in Houston, everybody's like, Ghost in the Machine. Right. It it's on break. tap now. It was Cane Break back then, and they were posting pictures. We just got Cane Break kegs back in stock. You know, everybody was lining up to buy Cane Break. And you'll laugh at this because you own a bar and you know the market now, especially. Um, now, back then, you would keep your tap handle. It was your tap handle. And if the, if the keg was out, they put a plastic cup over the tap handle, and it just meant that it was out. Yeah. And then, like he said, they would post it on social media. We just got it back in, and everyone would yeah. show up to drink game break. And they would just tap it, and whatever was in the line didn't matter anymore, nope. and just start pouring it again. It's a different, yeah. It was a yeah. different age back then. That was only that was less that was nine years ago. It was simpler times. Now we're nine in now ago. now we're in rotation nation. You don't keep your, you don't keep your tap handles no. anymore. No, we, we don't even we don't even have tap handles. Uh, when when they came by and they're like, hey, you want some Paris tap handles? I'm like, yeah, but I don't use them. They'd just be we, decoration. We're fortunate. We're fortunate. Are worth much more. We we came we came around long enough ago that we we're staple beers. We're we're in a lot of bars and restaurants that. They'll never, they'll never take us off. I mean, unless we really screw up, but I, I don't foresee that happening. Well, nowadays you say one wrong thing, like they find out that Andrew had dreadlocks. <laughs> he's old. wait. Yeah. They're gonna hear his they're music hear in his between music. segments, and they're yeah, never, they're like, never oh, gonna wait, buy a beer nope, again. Nope. No, I'm just playing. I don't around. know. I think they're laying in more bars. <laughs> right? That's what I'm thinking. Hey. I'm, I'm not allowed to go visit. I'm not allowed to talk to accounts anymore. <laughs> this is not. This is not incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I don't know if I want you to tell this story or not, though. I get. Uh, There's more than one story, but I'm just. I well, know the, the one, one he's the one we're of. thinking about is more recent. I w went into a very important account that has done. We've done a lot of business with, and we've done less business with them recently because they've. They're. I didn't agree with, and most of us, most people wouldn't agree with their beer purchasing decisions and what they choose to put on tap. And why they choose to put them on. And I, 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 made, I made a mistake, and I regret doing it, but I told the guy who was in charge of making the beer decisions that his beer was garbage. So his, his beer, selection. His beer selection was terrible as garbage. Yeah, and so he took all of our beers off tap. Maybe some honesty there. Well, it was. I mean... It, it was garbage, but... It was... It was garbage. But it, look, it's his decision to make, and it, there, I there, respect that. There but. are bars in Houston that, yeah, I know some of the breweries are actively trying to get into, but I know how they treat their their beer lines. And it's like, no, I, I would I would highly recommend not putting your beer in those bars because they're not treating your beer right. So kind of same situation. You want to like, as a especially well not especially but just as as an owner and a brewer, yeah, and and what your product uh, you want it to be. And tastes exactly like it does at the brewery, and if the bars aren't doing that, then it's like nope. What you know what though? We we're pretty confident. We're pretty confident in our liquid, and not not to say that other breweries aren't, but I know I know there's several other breweries out there that 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 brew hazy IPAs, and they they don't want them to get warm at all. I mean, there's times where our beers get warm. Not at our brewery. Not in our hands. After it leaves us, sure, our beer warms up in places. Tell me, tell me which distributor again is uh, has cold box trucks. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're driving around in. There's yeah. some independents, uh, but not many. No. Not many. 
and then I'm not, the beer doesn't get hot, but still, there's some brewers out there that are really uncomfortable with shipping beer not cold. Uh, and ours, there's, there's a lot of breweries that aren't ours. making hazy beers right. Hey, I, also, I wasn't gonna go. Yeah, there, that, that 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 will also that's where keeping it cold will mask a lot of the flavors that they're trying to hide. And and certain Usually, beers when you, when you when you like I cracked open a ghost. I cracked open a ghost probably it was at least eight months old. Tasted really I cracked open the original Operation Juice Drop over a year old that you, you guys brew with spindle tap. That beer was delicious. Yeah. It's still missing most, you know, big most of its uh, process technique. It's um, the masking of the flavors, all that is is there uh, usually when beer gets warm, what's happening is two things. One, microbiological activity. There's things living in the beer that shouldn't be there. And two, oxidation. The beer has dissolved oxygen in it because of the way they processed it or packaged it, and it's aging more quickly. Um. So that we, we're, we've, we've been doing this for nine years, and we're constantly trying to get better and better at what we do, process technique-wise. And... Um, and we, we, gotta, have, we, we have got, some of the best shelf life on our beers. I don't know if anybody's got a better shelf life on their hoppy beers than we do. Even and, the really big guys. And, and, and is it, maybe it's the bottles? We think that it might have to do with the bottles. We have a, we have a technique that we do with regards to how we transfer our beers from the fermenter to the packaging tank that's a little bit ridiculous that nobody does. And I... I think that I don't want to reveal what it is, but we do something I, that's different. I agree. I agree. I, I just mean I think that makes in a big general. Difference. I'm just talking about packaging wise. I know there's some processes. The cans, that we do. can the, a lot of the cheap canning lines that a lot of breweries are using these days are uh, their atmospheric canning packaging solutions. So it's just like they pour beer into a pint glass and then it sits on a line on a conveyor for a few seconds, exposed to atmosphere, and then a a cap gets put over the top of it and then it's seamed up. And even when it's filled, there's nothing that evacuates the air out of the inside of the of the can or the bottle. They're, they're just cheaper atmospheric packaging lines. Our bottling line is a very, very expensive Ferrari of a bottling line and it, it takes the partial pressure of oxygen inside that bottle down to almost zero because it puts like 50, 60, 70 PSI, like several bar of CO2 pressure inside and it evacuates it and does it again. It's called a double pre-evacuation filler. And, mo and that's what gets really low dissolved oxygen in a packaged beer. Mo most of the breweries that use canning lines around here or around the south, around the U.S., they're just cheaper. They're more entry level. And that's just not good for the long-term quality. It can package beer fine if you're going to drink it within three months. But for oxygen, dissolved oxygen levels, it's not the best. And three months is stretching it for what you're talking about. Yeah, and it yeah. may be totally pointless you know what? for and, what we're doing. Well, and going off of what he that's said, why. our our low fills are not capped on foam beers that we pull off of the line that don't meet, you know, they're not capped on foam. We're not going to risk letting them, let them get out there and get, you know, oxidized and or brown or whatever comes out, you know. Yeah, if they and, get you know, oxidized, they'll turn brown. They'll turn brown. We don't want that. No, you obviously. don't want that. You need to but have this beautiful color. With that going going back to what he was saying, as far as purging the bottles out with CO2 before they fill, 
Even our even our not capped on foam beers or our low fill beers, very rarely do we see oxidation or taste oxidation or taste off flavors. We just don't want them in the market. We take right. them home to drink, but they're, they're still fine. Um, the, the, when we get back from this break, uh, I'll tell the story. The first time I met you, Andrew, when we, when we came out there with Spindle Tap, and as we're walking through, I'll, I'll tell the story, but you had to disappear, and we watched you crawl into that bottling line yeah. and start to fix something. And it's yeah. like, all right, this guy's on it. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we get back. This is Drink of Ages, hanging out with Paris Brewing Company. Cheers. Cheers. Stay tuned. Sitting here with Sean from Platypus, and man, I want to say congratulations on your anniversary. And man, I had some of that Space City Coconut Porter, 5.6%, delicious. I know you can find that around town. Well, something else popular that you guys do is the Surf and Turf Wednesday nights. Yes, I mean, Aussie in Texas, so what else would we do for a steak night but put a couple of prawns on it? So, a 12 ounce uh, rib fillet with uh, a couple of prawns and, and a pint of your choice, all for $20. And then, what's the happy hour special you guys have? Yeah, every Thursday and Friday evening from 4 till 7 p.m. There'll be happy hours and brew tours for those who are interested and uh, come down and uh, enjoy. All right, stop by Platypus right here just off of Washington, real close to downtown. Come grab some pints and man, grab a steak, some prawns. To the Soulful Tunes spun by DJ Mustrack here on ESPN 97.5 Drink of Ages Radio Show. Unless that was a segment that we played some Andrew Godley back in his day of uh, Redlocks and Hip Hops. I'm so serious, man. He I was spinning in nightclubs up, up in, yeah, uh, in Baton Rouge. Yeah, oh. yeah. That's it's all. It's probably like MP3 format or like. Windows nah, media that was file format. That was that was before MP3. Right, for I sure. will. I'll send you all the tracks and I'll tell you which ones are like my favorites. It's probably on eight tracks. And you can pick and choose. I'll let you use your judgment. There's even there's there's even there's even one where I 
There's actually a track that I rap on. I'll send that to you. Oh my god. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's hey, very listen, unique. It's very listen, unique. Listen. We talked we talked about like the progressive West Coast stuff. It's in that vein. It's very it's very original. It was very Now remember, this was a, a it what no, it's not broken down like that. I don't have the multi-track anymore. It's not mixed and mastered, bro. <laughs> But the this uh, was the late '90s, man. I, I need to give you the date. It was this was 1998, 1999. So it was a long. It was this was like right after Fresh Prince. Dude, I, I mean, don't it think was, it was not that far removed. Yeah. I don't think I don't think MP3 was a thing in '98, '99. I don't think. Uh, so. I don't. I don't think that existed back then. No. We still. We still had some CDs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. The 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 music, the the rap, the hip hop and rap industry was changing very rapidly in the late '90s. It went very quickly from like this like '80s kind of bubblegum Sugar Hill Gang thing for many years through, and then all of a sudden in the early '90s it was like Dirty, Tupac. In the in the early '90s, it got real like dirty with uh, 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 gangster rap, you know. And then, well, then and then there was like a revolt against gangster rap. Yep. Where you know people were like, well, we we want to be more artistic. We care about the music. Yeah, well, I want to jazz it up a little bit. See, then yeah. they started pulling like all the old Motown R&B, right? As samples, samples. Sampling. And hey, but y'all lived through this. I just watched a documentary on Netflix. Well, the thing about the 90s is, like, I graduated in 93. That's when I graduated high school. And from, like, 95 to... I got married in 99. And between 95 and 99, it's just a blur. But I believe Napster existed yep. around that time, so yep. there were MP3s. Your, <laughs> so, your computer got AIDS, but Napster yeah, existed. But Napster existed. LimeWire... Limewire, yep. oh yeah. yeah. It got cancer and AIDS. Yeah. Metallica ruined your life yeah, with the Napster a, thing. Metallica ruined their own life. Yeah, they did. The old dark webs, man. It was, uh, I'm sure it's still out there. Oh, no, it's still out there. Yeah, that's it's where we can find some, uh, some really good stuff. Uh, I buy my beer and bourbon on the dark web. <laughs> Is there really a dark web? Yes, there's no, a dark I, web. No, I've read about it, but have no. you seen the dark web? No, I haven't seen it. Well, what, I, I what I'm wondering, it. like the dark web nowadays is where like you probably exchange social security numbers. No, no, no. That's no, one tell thing. me the truth. No. Have you seen the dark web? Is there, is there, do you like backlog onto something and you're like, oh, I'm at the dark web. Can you show me the dark web? I, I really don't think you can because. Uh, what, I think it's an what, urban legend. What you would it's imagine not. being the dark web is just like the normal stuff. It's no. not. It's, it's not like, an urban legend. It's real. I haven't seen it, but apparently it look, it looks. I would like to see it. I would. Everyone's oh, Silk Road. You can get on the dark web and buy drugs, man. Well, Silk but, Road, or it just people are doing all kind of Ill illegitimate things on the dark still, web. You can still do all that. But Dude, you can do that on Facebook, man. You can do that on Facebook. Yeah, like Craigslist for that. Back page. Hey, Reddit. Reddit cut out like beer trades and stuff. But Facebook, man, I'm in groups for everything on Facebook. I can buy meat on Facebook. I can buy beer on Facebook. I can buy bourbon on Facebook. I can buy pot on Facebook. Yeah. I can buy whatever I want on Facebook. Listen up, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> there's no. There's I'm doing no illegal things on your web. On your dark web. Pretty much all the web is dark. Maybe that's just what. It, or it's tinted. You know, it's just kind of dim. It is. 
It's not exactly bright. It's not dark, but it's, it's just dim. It's all filtered in terms of light filtering through. Is that what you mean? Is yeah, that the analogy? Yeah, because at this point, you know, things that would be shocking, say, in the late 90s, it's just not shocking anymore. Have you been on U-Porn lately? I, that's not my that's not my tr- no, my side of choice. I haven't either, but uh, apparently <laughs> there's a lot of uh, weird you almost got categories. So, you almost so got I've heard categories. You're going really? That's that's what people are into these days. Yep, like brutal anime porn. Yeah. Hey, what's wrong with that? Who draws that? <laughs> that's somebody's like process. It's not even drawn. It's animated. Hey, so, like, somebody they processed it. Somebody's somebody very, sat and edited it. Hey, it's very respectful. If you're out there doing that. Uh, you're doing you're doing um, uh, some dark people justice. That's right. <laughs> the dark Someone web. out there like if there's me. Any, if there's anybody listening that can show me the dark web, I'm I've heard about it and I'm fascinated, but I don't believe it yet. Dude, Google it. If, I'm if, not if Googling it, was, it from my phone. It wouldn't be the dark web if you could just Google it and, Dude, and boom, you're in hey, the dark web. I guarantee you, you go down a Reddit rabbit hole and you will find out how to get the, to the dark web. See, that's what they say. 4chan, That's what they say 8chan. on Reddit. They, they'll get you there. They'll get you there. You know, you know what my dark Just web open is? Just the door. You know, my dark web is tiger droppings. Oh, my God. They I'm don't sure even know about that oh, here. Don't even, that, don't get these guys There's a few people that, that know about tiger droppings. They, nah, but they don't need to know anymore. Shout out, shout out to tiger droppings. No, not shout out to tiger droppings. Man, I'm a sucker, man. What, what's tiger droppings? It's just a, it's a, it started as an LSU-based forum in like the late 90s. And it's kind of caught on as like a sort of a southern Reddit, so to speak. Yep. There's forums for anything from like hunting to food to politics to completely anonymous saints whatever, and it's anonymous. And uh, I find it. I actually get on it to since it's Louisiana. Andrew Godley this batch of beer up, (laughs) but he's the worst. Uh, No, but it's because he changes our road system. Like when there's some kind of a major news event happening, like a flood, you know, uh, like uh, when the who was the uh, the the bomber, the uh, Boston Marathon bomber? Yeah. When, when, when it was three years ago, four years ago, or something that happened. Yeah. And every, there was like a big rush to try and figure out who it was and where they came from, and it was a big manhunt. You and heard I, it here first. There was actually more information on that site. People, all these, it's like crowdsourcing information. Everybody's posting it, putting it up there, and it was more friendly to use than like Facebook or something at that time. I'm sure like. Facebook or these other places have algorithms now that source information more rapidly now. You're but right. It was pretty much Reddit. It was, it was pretty Reddit. much Reddit. Yeah. But but it, I, I want the dark web just to summarize. The dark Somebody, web. Somebody, please. Dark I'll find it. I'll find it. Bring me into it. I'll find it and uh, I'll send you an email. Is it like <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut? Where like a, you mean, go down a dark road and... You have to be blindfolded and let into a secret gate, and I then think, you get shown the dark web? Th- oh, like Beer Fest, yes. Good oh, segue. I, I, yeah, back to beer. Back to beer. We're beer? here drinking beer at Drink of Ages Pub. That is true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> Talking about the dark web. Yeah, I don't really know that much about the dark web, because I've learned that lesson back in the 90s about trying to find those things that you end up having to buy another computer. Right. There's really nothing that I'm looking for in life that I can't get, so I avoid the dark web. we can do five more segments. I'm serious. We can talk a lot about that. How many computers have you been through? Um, uh, Before I found Apple? Oh, my God. Oh man, I've been through some. Computers. I almost killed my apple. I thought you couldn't do it. Yeah, but that that was that was naivety. You 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 fed into the 
please uh, update your Adobe Flash. It was something. And they like got that. you. The Adobe they Flash got, got you. me. <laughs> update your Flash. Uh, update your Adobe Flash player. Got you. All right. We were talking about beer. Um, we are um, actually everybody's out of beer but me because I got. Uh, I guess I'm drinking. This. I've been listening to this whole dark web story for a segment, not drinking beer. Hey, these conversations. You know, we we have some interesting conversations, and we, we could probably do this all night. Now, let's um. Uh, since we are almost out of beer, or you guys are, I'm almost out of beer. So we'll wrap up the show. <laughs> so we can all get some more uh, pints. You want to end it on the dark web? Man, uh, unfortunately, we are coming up to the end of the show for the one-hour restraint that we are on ESPN. What we need to do, what was the, 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 um, the oh, man, there was a mention on the last show that we need to do, like, segment five. Right. And it's just called Segment 5, and that's when everything goes. Yeah. But that's not it's on the only, radio. It's only available on the dark web. Yeah. It's only available on the dark web. That's right. It's uh, going to be uh, darkweb.com forward slash drink of ages forward slash. Anyway, in case uh, we can end on this, in case anyone didn't know, we're very excited to be in Houston. Super stoked. We see, you know, we see a lot of these. Houston's like our, it's a core market for us. Uh, it's it's very close. We hope that Houston considers us like an almost local brewery because we look at Houston as like our big next door neighbor. Yeah. You know, the, we we have New Orleans to our east and we got Houston to our west, yeah. right in the middle. They're both local to They're us. both local cities to us. You know, we may not be Texans, but we we uh, our consumers are from Houston. Well, Houston's certainly glad that you guys are here. Uh, you know, the, the, I actually have a glass right here from the Hop Drop during Harvey that you guys right. donated, came OG over raised, that batch, raised a lot of money. Raised a whole lot of money. Uh, and that was, that, that, was, that was really nice. I mean, it was just like a pretty awesome, amazing collaboration between you guys. And then uh, Spilltop was able to go back to Broussard to Parrish to you guys. And we, ra- you guys we raised a lot of money. Raised we money there as well. Hurricane Michael relief. Yeah. Yep. And we uh, uh, donated over $25,000 to uh, the uh, uh, a f- a hurricane relief fund in Panama City. People yep. affected. A bunch of people, they got their roofs blown off. We paid for their roofs to get uh, put back. And uh, no, no. Uh, between uh, that was like a good everybody everybody in Houston already knew who you were that right. likes beer because like I said Saturdays half the people in your tap room are probably from Texas yeah so it's well, gonna be interesting every, now that all the Paris beers are this in is, the market also it's like hey man why are tap room sales down nah nah I don't think it's so. not gonna be that nah. way. No joke, though. Every, I, bet, I bet it increases every as people day, become more familiar. Yeah, it'll probably increase because more people that have never been to the brewery will start, oh, this is only three and a half hours away. We'll go check it out. Well, you've introduced your beer to, what is it, three and a half million people in Houston, whatever it is. Is that all? No. Four million? I didn't know. Where there's six and a half million people in Houston. Really? In Houston, there's only six million people in the state of Louisiana. Fact check. Yeah. Well, um, that's that's probably really close. So, no, that's, that's right. Close. That's um, that's a lot of beer you guys have to come up with to feed the Houston population. That's why we only launched a draft first. Yeah. When when are you thinking about putting the bottles in the stores? It'll be in April. April. Uh, uh possibly March, end of April. March, March, yeah. April. But definitely by April. All right. 
For sure. Um, Ghost, Rev, Envy, Canebrake. And then all, this, all the specialty, you know. So basically what he's saying is all that you have in your beer fridge right now, drink it up. Drink you got a few quickly. months. And then you can stock up when we come out in March. With I was some, I was really surprised beer. when I put on Ghost on Monday because we have, we have, we bought a bunch of kegs and so I was like ah well Monday let's go ahead and tap some. I was really surprised at how many people rolled up and filling up crawlers, yeah. like getting 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 Ghost to go. Come here, drink some Envy, and then take Ghost to go. It's like man, I think it's gonna be like that for a long time. Yeah man, we'll just keep looking forward to Ghost of the Machine Envy, Rev Cane Break. And the rest of the stuff, man, you're going to have more special releases coming down as we move forward. Yep. But, um, man, look for uh, one want to thank everybody for listening. The show is sponsored by No Label Brewing Company. And you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, drinkofages.com. Find us on the dark web, Drink of Ages, for the fifth segment of the show. <laughs> uh, here are things you really don't want to hear that it's going to make you not sleep well tonight. But listen... I mean, don't do it unless you're really brave. Unless you're really committed you to commit. a fan of this show. Don't search fifth segment, Drink of Ages. Now, but I appreciate everybody listening. Go Rockets. Go Saints. Who that? Got to throw it out there, man. I'm, at this point, at this point, what's left? Yes, I will pull for the Saints. You, Saints. You better. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for coming, hanging out, man. Always good to see you. Everybody be safe out there and talk to everyone next week.